the Cranmer Show. This show is brought to you by Bing Pot Trivia. How many times have you been to a trivia night where it just felt like somebody reading questions? Well, Bing Pot Trivia prides themselves on bringing high-energy, dynamic hosts to every event. The show leans heavily on visual elements. Their questions are designed to make you laugh or roll your eyes, while also challenging your knowledge on pop culture, high school science, culinary arts, and everything in between. Their typical show runs five rounds, including a photo round, general knowledge on pop culture, riffs on different game shows, absurd 50-50 questions, and a super sweet music round. Check out bingpottrivia.com today to book your trivia night. Again, that is bingpottrivia.com. Tell my boy Danny that your friend Quinn sent you. All right, let's get on with the show. My next guest is a graduate of one of London's most prestigious schools. Born and raised in London, but then he moved and grew up in Saskatchewan. Random, I know. We'll get into it. He was also part of one of my favorite Disney Channel original movies, Camp Rock, playing the famous Uncle Brown of Shane Gray. You may have also heard of his famous actress mother, but again, we'll get into that. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Quinmar Show, all the way from a hotel room in Belgrade, Serbia, Daniel Fathers. Daniel, what is going on? Well, first of all, for the record, Quinn, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, and it is a hotel room in Serbia, not a prison cell in Serbia. <laughs> yeah, hey, that part's important. I should have mentioned well, that I, part. It, we, we have to clarify. So, uh, yeah, we... No, I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for I'm... inviting me. This, oh. this is going to be fun. Absolutely. I'm, I'm great. I appreciate you coming on here, making the time. Uh, before we get into just like your career, what the hell are you doing in Serbia? Well, uh, my career. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hey, makes sense. They flew me out here, buddy. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Early this morning. Uh, yeah. I just, I just booked up. Well, we can, we can get into what I've been doing recently um, in, a, in a bit, but yeah, no, I just booked a new, uh, job on a series so i'm sort of coming in doing an arc of about uh, four episodes on a, a sci-fi series called the arc now i did sign an nda but i'm pretty certain i'm allowed to say that but anyway whatever <clears throat> i'm sure it is they, hey whoever you sign it with will never see this so i think you're safe trust me right okay anyway it's called the arc uh it's for sci-fi channel uh, back home, and uh, I think it's a co-production U.S., Canada, uh, U.K. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's what I'm doing here, doing nice. that, and uh, first day on set tomorrow. Nice. Wow. First thing in the, in the morning. Yeah. First thing in the morning. Okay. First thing in the morning. Just so, okay. Just for it's not viewers, is it? Your listeners. Yeah. This is the life of an actor. My alarm went off at 2.15, 2.15 a.m. this morning, Quinn, for a 3.30 pickup to drive me to Heathrow and then to fly to Serbia, be here, and then I got almost the same thing tomorrow on set. I'm just saying. How long a flight is it? Probably not very long. No, two and a half hours. Every, okay. Everywhere in Europe is two and a half hours. Yeah, you know what? I've never been to Europe before. I actually only just went to the States for the first time recently. And I was telling someone, I'm like, it's crazy about Europe. It's like once you get over there, it is so much it's so easy to go everywhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool in that way. There's so many different countries, so many different languages, so many different cultures. Uh, and from London, everything is two and a half hours. You can be in Spain, you can be in wherever. Helsinki, Spain, Serbia, Poland, everything's two and a half hours. Yes. 
so cool. Like that's the opposite of two and a half hours. It's the opposite of Canada. You could go for two and a half hours, not even halfway where you're trying to get to. You haven't even reached the Seven Eleven. Exactly. Exactly. So I know I grew up in Saskatchewan. And yeah, let's get into that. So first off, um, yeah. I read that again. You were a graduate of London's prestigious, the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Let's get into that because your mother is also a graduate of that as well. So like, yeah. what is it? So was it like an elementary school type of thing? Like, what, no, no, what no, was no, that? No, no. No, okay, so the Guildhall. So uh, England is is uh, look in theory, actors are supposed to be trained in a craft, right? Now. There's a lot of actors that aren't trained, especially the the sort of the child actors, um, and they sort of they learn on set, right? Uh, they learn professionally. But if you're not fortunate enough to become a child actor and a big star, you know, like some of the uh, camp rockers hmm. and those guys, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, then yeah, you go to drama school after high school. It's sort of university level, so in fact, you uh, can actually get uh, degrees, etc. But uh, yeah, my mother went to the, so they, they call them the big five, but it's really the, the big three is uh, RADA, which is the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, uh, the Guildhall, which is um, Guildhall's uh, School of Music and Drama, and Central School of Speech and Drama. Those are the, the big three. That's like getting into Yale or Harvard or, or Samford or, or Princeton, you know, those wow. sort of Ivy League schools for, for drama training. And a huge a lot of big stars have come out of there. So yeah, my mother was my mother graduated from there. I think in 1960 or 61 or something. And then, in fact, I'm named Daniel. I'm named after her favorite acting teacher at the Guildhall. His name was Daniel Roberts. No way. A, le a lesser known fact. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, and so I didn't actually go there for acting because I was a child actor originally. Um, and then I went back into it when I was an adult in my early 30s. And then I trained uh, mostly, uh, and he's just passed away literally two or three weeks ago. Um, I loved him. He was my mentor, uh, David Rotenberg uh, of the Professional Actors Lab in Toronto. Uh, he trained me in, in uh, sort of modern day screen acting, North American screen acting. And uh, he's written a book called Act, the Modern uh, Actor's Handbook. So uh, get that. If, if you're an aspiring actor, especially in screenplay, uh, screen, uh, screen acting, for sure get that. Anyway, so, yeah, and I took, uh, I took classes. But I did actually go back to uh, do a, a master's level, a postgraduate certificate in performance teaching uh, because as a... I'll, I'll say, you know, a reasonably successful uh, screen actor. Um, people kept coming to me and say, you know, can you help me with the self tape? And can you, what are you doing? And, and agents would send me clients that have just come from the stage and, you know, they're too stagey and, and theatrical. Can you sort of turn them down and teach them the sort of the modern day North American way of, of screen acting? And so I, I would mentor these up and coming screen actors and just word of mouth got, you know, just kept getting bigger and bigger. It's not what I do for a living, you know, uh, pre predominantly I make my living uh, as still as an actor. And I'm, I'm very privileged to say that. Um, 
but I really do actually love doing what I do and giving back to the, the arts community. And so I was doing a TV series. I had a sort of a five-year option for Amazon, uh, The Dark Tower, um, you know, Stephen King's uh, mm -hmm. novels. And uh, Glenn Mazzara was the showrunner. He, he was the showrunner on The Walking Dead and Damien and The Shield. Uh, he became a really good friend of mine and, and mentored me in screenplay writing. He, uh, anyway, I, had a, I was supposed to be working six months, uh, shooting in Croatia, which country next door, and then um, and six months off. So uh, I applied for a postgraduate uh, program in performance teaching at the Guildhall, and I got in. And uh, so I did that for a year. I did a master's in performance teaching. So that's how I graduated from that. Oh, that's that's really cool. That's crazy yeah. that. And I just love how it says the most, like one of the most prestigious. Like that's how you know, like it, it was an amazing school. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it. Uh, the Guildhall is, you know, like Yale and Harvard of drama schools. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I do want to go back a little bit. So growing up in London, like for you, obviously, like being in such like a showbiz family. Yeah. Outside of that. What like were like your main interests and like hobbies as a kid? Yeah, uh, that's a, a very cool question because honestly, I didn't want to be in the family business. No way. No, 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 no. My younger brother was the the child actor. I would go along to auditions, and I, I would. I was totally into sports. I wanted to be a professional athlete. Uh, my big sports were rugby and and track. And uh, uh, both of which I reached a national level at, at schoolboy wow. um, in the UK under 16 and went to the nationals in uh, 400 hurdles and I think came fifth in the finals. And I could have gone on and potentially, you know, maybe gone to the Olympics or at least run for my country anyway. But uh, <clears throat> I trained it as a dancer when I was Rugby 16. is such a crazy sport. Holy, I have one of my, one of my buzzy buddies played in high school and I'd go to his games. It's no joke. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So I, I played for Saskatchewan. I, uh, oh, nice. I captained the under 19 Saskatchewan team when I moved over when I was a teenager and also on the men's, the first 15. And, uh, but both of those sports were amateur at the time. They weren't professional. So I had to sort of get a job. So, and I didn't want to be in, in uh, I didn't want to be an actor. I went to uni. I mean, I, I, I finished high school in Saskatchewan. I did the last two years, 11 and 12. I was in, you know, I played Fagan in the uh, high school production of Oliver. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I only got it because of my accent. I just, literally, <laughs> I literally just got like, off. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, the kid with yeah. the accent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I kind of, I think, uh, yeah anyway i enjoyed that um <clears throat> and um yeah i i, I went to uni uh, went to university of regina for one semester uh to do a drama and i went no i'm not doing this no i just i'm not into th this kind of stuff and i and so um i played rugby played semi-professional rugby got into sales and then i moved to toronto and was in the corporate world oh i was in the army as well so I was in the militia, the Canadian Armed Forces, in the Royal Regina Rifles, and uh, you know, part time, uh, part time, full time, if if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, yeah, so acting was not my thing at all. I, I I was very shy. I was I I didn't I was forced into it when I was a kid, and I wanted to I don't know uh, earn lots of money and um, and do other things. So which I did. 
until I was about 32 and then I was hating life. I was very successful in sales. I worked for IBM and, and oh, wow. e-business e services and, and Bell Canada and British Telecom. I did really well, but um, it just wasn't, I found out sort of it wasn't me. And so I started reading, uh, started reading a bit of poetry and then started reading plays again. And then uh, somebody said, well, why don't you audition for an Amdram? I think Gold Little Theatre is what it was, and uh, which is in Cambridge, Ontario. So I auditioned for that. And they were doing a, a British farce. And again, <laughs> I think I got the wrong because of the accent. Anyway, All right, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, and so, and then there was uh, an audition for Theatre and Company, which is a professional company in, in Kitchener-Waterloo. And... Again, I think the accent because it was a, a sort of a renaissance piece and I, and I got that. That was my first paid gig. And then somebody said, well, why don't you just try it? So, yeah, that's what I did. I, I you know, I got some headshots. They were really bad headshots. You probably, you can find them on the internet, I, I'm sure. Um, and uh, I got a, a you know, a, an agent uh, in Toronto and... I was still in the corporate world, but it, I went back into sales so that I could, because <clears throat> a lot of the sales guys were going off, sneaking off. They do all their sales calls and they get their numbers uh, for their bosses, you know, and uh, et cetera. And then they would sneak off playing golf or they go out to lunch or dinner with clients. And, and I snuck off and did acting classes. Wow. Uh, uh, so I would get up early in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, I would um, do do all my uh, sales, you know, forecasts and paperwork and all of that kind of stuff, and then I'd meet all my customers, do my presentations, make the sales, and then in the afternoon and the evening I'd go to acting classes, and I just worked my way up that way until until my acting career actually sort of took off, and it was clashing with my business career, <laughs> so I had to give up the business career. How long? How long were you doing the business? Like, how how long were they clashing for? I would say before you were able two, to go into the acting. Two and a half years. Wow, was, that's a long doing, time. Yeah. Um, well, I was, you know, starting off, so you know, I, I had to get my union card, my actor card, um, and in those days, you had to get six credits, sort of, uh, and permits. So it took a while to get your actor, your your union card. Um, yeah. I think I got that in like uh, in a year, so that was pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, it was good. What, um, so actually, be, uh, I'll start with this one. So the accent thing. So with because it's funny you mentioned that. One of my favorite um, actors right now and has been for the last couple of years is Tom Holland, and I've saw, seen mm. a lot of interviews about him <clears> and <throat> how he is able to change his accent so easily to different, yeah. like, whatever it is, nationalities. Um, and I read somewhere that someone said that you like. Basically, you're one of the best of going from a British to an American accent. Have you heard this before? I haven't heard anybody say that. I, re I, I read that. I read that somewhere earlier. You read that about me? I did. I'll so, take it. Wh what for you? When did you learn to be able to switch accents? And yeah. and the other one is how difficult is that for you? Yeah. Or what think, was it for you? Yeah. No. No. It's a good question. Um. Do uh, do we bleep out swears? No, you know you can say yeah, you can swear, you can swear. Because okay. <laughs> I know it's camp rock, but all the camp rock fans they've grown up now. Yeah, they're like me, right? You're in your fucking eighties. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like it. 
so originally when I was when I uh, went back into the industry as an adult uh, in Toronto I didn't do an American accent I just kept my English accent to you know the best of my ability and I'd I'd always been pretty good at accents like Scottish or different Irishes and Australian like when I was in uh, Mamma Mia at the Royal Alex uh, downtown I played in Australian uh, as well as British so sometimes I played Harry sometimes I played Bill but I played Bill in Australia I don't know I just had it had an ear for it and I would mimic it etc but the, the sort of non-regional American or sort of Canadian accent pff, eluded me I could not for some reason do it I started taking some classes I can't remember the guy's name in uh, like dialect coaching in Toronto I didn't really get on with him it, it, we didn't gel and I tried it and they went yeah no you're shit uh, just <laughs> don't no way what the hell <laughs> right so uh so I kept doing or you know I kept uh, and I was doing okay you know doing all sorts of english accents you know working class rough um you know northern whatever it was uh, South African, blah, blah, blah. I was making a living doing all of these different uh, accents. And then when I went, actually Camp Rock helped me get my visa to go down to move to Los Angeles because that's where, you know, the big game is. Right. Um, and uh, and Disney sponsored me. They, they wrote a letter. and, and Wow. Yeah, they were really good in that regard. And so when I went down there and I, I got an American agent and an American manager, my manager said, listen, kiddo, you, you got to learn the American accent. You, you, you just have to. There's so many roles. Most, you know, even all the, the, the best English actors come over and they want them to do American. You, you can't just rest on your laurels of, you know, being Uncle Brown from fucking Camp Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's only going to get you so far. And right. he was—he was totally right. So I—I uh, I sought out a really great dialect coach. Her name was Claudette Roche. I think she still does it. And she was great because she was originally English. She moved to uh, Canada when she was seven. Uh, I think uh, English-speaking Montreal. And then, so she understood the root of where my accent had come from. And and then she moved to um, uh, uh, Los Angeles at, uh, at the age of 21. I think she was one of the series leads in Stargate, which ironically is the same producers as that I'm doing the uh, the arc for right now. No way. Yeah, I know it's kind of crazy. Whoa. Um, yeah, so I went I went down to her, and she, I think she lived in the valley, and and I would go over the hills, and I. I spent a lot of money and a lot of time and I just worked my ass off and and just ingrained it in. And so, yeah, most, I would say, oh man, last 10, 15 years, I would say most of my accent work has been American. Like I, I work a lot of, uh, uh, especially now living back in Europe and, and back in the UK, I would say I do a lot of American productions that are shot here, and then so they're looking for authentic, you know, North American accents. So, right. Um, but recently, having said that, I would say last two or three years, I've been doing all the other accents as well. So I, when I was in The Witcher Blood Origin, I did Irish, and and but I, you know, I I'm a a bit of a perfectionist, so I like 
and even even when I did uh, you know Final Jam in uh, Camp Rock, you know I was playing a, a legendary uh, um, bass player, right? right? And they went, well, I need to learn how to play the bass, and then they said, oh no, it's okay, Daniel. Well, you just chunk along and. Well, I went, no, 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 I need, because there'll be bass players going, yeah, he's not playing, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually, for the final jam, I, I went and got bass lessons, and I, that's my claim to fame is I played bass with the Jonas Brothers. That's so sick. On, um, on We Rock. But that's um, the only song ever I played. Hey, hey it's better than having zero. Um, with right. the accent thing, is American the hardest accent still for you? No. No? No. There's, I, there's, there's, there's a couple of British uh, accents that completely elude me. One is Welsh. Every time I do it, I sound like an East Indian or it's just terrible. No way, and, fair enough. And then um, uh, Geordie, so Newcastle, that's a tough one as well. So, um, no, American. So because I did, I ingrained it in so much. Now in the UK, people ask me where I'm from. They go, where are you from? I go, I'm from here. No, no, no. no. Where are you from? No, I am from here. So, yeah, I don't – to them, I don't sound English at all. I'm not – I've got a sort of a, a mid-Atlantic accent now, I guess. I feel like Canadian would be one of the most hard, hardest accents to do only because um, mm. there's so many different ones. Like I, mm. like me being from near Toronto, I'm going to sound completely different than someone from obviously like Newfoundland, right? Or like oh, yeah, even yeah. like more in like the country of – like uh, like out in the country in Canada. It's like I'll sound way different than them. Yeah, for sure. It's it's really it's really I don't know. Accents are just such an odd thing when you think about it. They are when you yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look in the UK, it's such a tiny little island compared to the so. I used to UK. You can fit United Kingdom into Saskatchewan geographically square miles seven times. Wow. I don't know what about Ontario, but that's crazy. And I, I think I did the math originally, and I said, you know, uh, the per capita, per square mile, whatever it is, you'd, you'd have like four hundred between four hundred and four hundred and fifty million people living in Saskatchewan if you had the same population per square mile. Wow, which is nuts when you think about it. Yeah, but in such a tiny little island, they have such diverse accents. Yeah, I mean, not only geographically, but within the, the class system uh -huh. as well. It's just crazy. I know, and that, yeah, and that's a weird thing. Like, just accents in general, just they're they're interesting. They're odd. Yeah, I find them interesting. Yeah, always, 100%. I, I always ask people, like, so, so where are you from? But you know, these days, with all what's going on, it's like, why? Why are you asking me? Yeah, exactly. Something? They get offended. Yeah. No, I'm but, just interested, dude. It's, it's like I'm interested. 100%. It's like I mentioned about Tom Holland, like when he um, first went to go play Spider-Man, I think he went to like a New York high school for like a couple of weeks or like a week or something to like watch them, listen to them and everything. And obviously I know yeah. he, had a, he had a coach as well, but like just it, it's interesting that about like uh, studying accents as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really had to. So I have a sort of an American Bible. And, and so for some English actors, I'll actually teach. I, I teach them sort of a non-regional american accent as well right that's really yeah. cool but um, um no there's a lot of there's a lot of good who said that about me that's nice i, I like I, I i'll i'll find and send it to you later yeah, i can't I remember right but that's how i knew you did an american accent because i'd read it there um yeah. 
So before we get into Cam Brock, I want to know, like, because like I'm sure everyone that's watching and listening is wondering, how the hell does a kid go from London to Saskatchewan? I don't see the comparisons between the two. Where where did those two align for you? It's very, very simple. So my, uh, my parents uh, were both in the industry. My mother was an actress uh, in the West End. And my, uh, my father was one of the top scenic designers, in, for sure, in the UK and Europe, but probably in the world at the time. Um, and when he retired from actually doing it in the West End and do, doing all the big shows, uh, he went, he got a job. I think actually there was uh, the head of drama of university was used to be at the Guildhall and that's, and, and there was a connection there. Um, and anyway, my dad got a job as the head of scenic design teaching as a professor at the university of Regina. My parents got divorced when I was young, mm -hmm. uh, when I was 10. And then my mother started sending me to my uh, father in Saskatchewan, in Regina. Uh, I think the first trip I did, I was just turned 13 and, uh, and I loved it. And then basically, so when I was uh, 15, 16, I was a bit of a handful with my mother and she had two younger ones as well that she, you know, she wanted to invest they were going to make it. I wasn't. <laughs> so, You're the black sheep. Basically, I got, it was like I was sent to Saskatchewan, the penal colony, yeah. colony to my father for bad behavior. Um, <clears throat> but actually that gave, that uh, uh, sort of gave me uh, a sort of a, a, a new, a new beginning and a new start and new lease on life. That is so and, cool. Yeah. So, so I did grade 11 and grade 12. That was, that was actually cool because if you can imagine, I was very English. I even you're the, you must have been the man. You not only were you the new, right? Kid, you're the new I kid wasn't even accent. good looking. At the, <laughs> I wasn't good looking, and all these good looking Canadian Regina guys are going, "Who the hell? We, we can't compete with that accent." Uh -huh. And then, yeah, so I had a ball. Yeah, not only were you the new guy, you're the new guy with an accent. The new kids right. at school, that was never me. I've always lived in the same place. The new kids at school are always like the most popular at first. And then, yeah, and then you got a kid from me and from England. That's top tier right there. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I kind of lucked out. So, so that's how I got there. Interesting. Huh. I love like, that just still to me, that is so, even with that explanation, it's so random. London to Saskatchewan. I know. You know, it was Crazy. a bit of a culture shock. Like, yeah. Like my dad wouldn't give me a ride to high school. It was like Sus Regina, Saskatchewan's flat, right? And it's yeah. you know it's windy and it's colder than Ontario. You know, I would have to walk to high school at like minus forty five, and my dad would not drive me. Oh my god! Yeah, I came over looking all like fashionable and whatever. He took me to I think the army and navy store or something like that, and he says, "We don't do fashion here, kid." It's function. <laughs> it's fucking gold. This is, this is exactly. Yeah. Here's a toque and a big jacket. You're set. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I look like an idiot, but I'm warm. That, that's what my, my, uh, my uh, father-in-law says all the time. He goes, he used to say this to my, to my fiance is that it's not about fashion. It's about warmth. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You always want to dress nice and look good for school, but while, but then she'd be freezing. So it's like, you got to pick one or the other. You can't be both. <laughs> Exactly. Right. So, um, so getting into Camp Rock. So, yeah. 
I'm sure you would have known of Disney Channel to begin with, right? Like you had heard of yeah. it, obviously. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think you're sitting there watching it because uh, you were an adult, but I'm sure you knew of it. No, of course. No, I had a daughter. Oh, true. Right. Okay. Yeah. So then it would have been on your TV. So um, how did you learn about the role or just the, sorry, the movie in general, just, just auditioning for it? It was just, uh, yeah, my agent had, uh, <coughs> agent had uh, submitted me for the role. Um, and uh, it's at the time, nobody, nobody, except Disney and, and the, uh, uh, executive producer Alan Sachs thought it's it's gonna make you a star, kid. It's gonna make mm -hmm. it's gonna make all of you a star. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. I've heard that before, right? It's for me. It was just another. It was you know a movie, and it was a lead role, so that was kind of an upgrade for me. And I was w working with you know at the time. I thought, oh, God, a bunch of kids, but <clears throat> it was. Uh, it was great. I was really grateful at, at the time. It was it was very very cool. You know, I auditioned. I got a call back, and uh, I did hear. Uh, you know, when I got the job, I it was I was at I was actually with my daughter at the X. I remember. Oh, right. Yeah, I was. Uh, in, uh, you know, on uh, in Toronto, I was in the, the summer X, and I, we were going to do the helicopter ride. I think for the first time. And my agent called me on my cell phone and said, uh, okay, you booked it. There, there, there's an offer coming. I went, wow. That was just, and I knew that that was one of those slightly pivotal moments that might change my life and career in some sort of fashion. Yeah. But I didn't know in, in what way uh, yet. Yeah, but no, for sure. it was definitely getting to the next level uh, for me in my career. So I was really happy. Um yeah, and I heard like when we were doing like even Alan Sachs said, uh, you know, it was between you, uh, Ringo Starr, and and Roger Daltrey. Do you know who those two guys are? I Roger know Ringo. Starr. I don't know Roger Dal Daltrey. Roger Daltrey was the lead singer of the Who. Oh no way! What? And, and he he did a bunch of acting as well. So they wanted either real rock and roll legends who could act somewhat and had done some yeah an actor that could play anyway i think probably wow, what a grouping to be a part of yeah i mean look if truth be known i think i i, I got the role because they were either way too expensive <laughs> it was like okay rogers is this millions ringo's this millions <laughs> they're not available here yeah. and then as a backup there's daniel yeah Come, yeah yeah i can't see ringo coming to a forest to this campsite in Ontario. Right. right. Yeah. Um, um, that's so wait. sweet. Yeah. So then sweet. with, um, at the time, like the Jonas brothers were popular. Like they, they were around for a few years at the time. Like, I think they had like, I mean, maybe an album, maybe I'm not hundred percent sure. I just remember them being on, um, family channel all the time, but for you and like, had you, did you know anything about them? I know you had a daughter, but like, yeah, they weren't really no. even, even, and especially Demi, like this was Demi's first thing ever. So, oh, yeah. well, so, mm, it would have no, been around sunny with a chance. She, yeah, no, no, she, she hadn't done that one yet. That oh, was when the, uh, she had a show. She, um, she was one of the Barney. She, I think oh, she, she was, was a kid Barney. on Barney. That's true. She was a kid on Barney. And then I think, was she in the Mickey Mouse Club for a bit? I don't think so. But I think right before Camp Rock, she had a show when the bell rung or when the, some, something mm -hmm. like that. I think it was on Disney yeah, Channel. It was so. like sort of, yeah, 100% this was her breakthrough thing. Oh, yeah. So, and, and so for you, like, they... I don't, there's, um, I think I even have a credit on, on the documentary film. 
<laughs> oh, no way. The one from a few years ago? Yeah, they never paid me for it. But anyway, whatever. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we got to get you paid. What? We got to get you paid now. I know. It's okay. Um, I, you know, you got you to gotta give it away to keep it. There um, you go. Um, yeah, there was a documentary. What was it called? Uh, the, it was like two or three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Like, it was I think it was right before COVID. Yeah, so and it was cool for me because I kind of um, learned a bit about the sort of the pre-camp rock times of how hard they worked and what they were doing, and they were just they were just kind of getting slightly popular. Yeah, but this like camp rock just went. <clears throat> oh, it, it it changed everything for them. Same with Demi. So yeah. for you, um, working on that movie and I, where what what the where was the camp again? Like in real life, it was called Camp Kilku. Yeah, it's in like Hal, uh, not Halbert. Yeah. I can't remember where it was, but um, yeah, like Gravenhurst, kind of up there. Yeah. Right? So this would have been because the movie came out in the summer of two thousand eight. So you would have been you guys filmed in the fall, I'm assuming of 07? So yes, um, yeah, it had it to, had to have been right because I think it came out sometime in the summer of the of two thousand eight. So you yeah yeah saying. yeah. So I would say. Yeah, so, so summer slash fall of uh, 2007. So for you, because, I mean, you were just surrounded by kids most of the movie. Like, I think the only I, other one was, um, I can't, I'm, her name's slipping my mind right now, but the, the actress that plays Demi's mom. Maria Canales Barrera. Yeah, yeah, so she was really the only other, like, adult on set. So for you, what was that like um, acting with a bunch of kids, plus, like, the Jonas Brothers who hadn't really acted before? yeah. Uh, it was it was great. They were like very professional. Yeah, all of them. That was um, they were top level. So whenever I've gone in and sort of guest guest taught at high schools or whatever, or or even drama schools, and they bring it to this level, and 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 some people make it. Well, they're only kids. They're only teens. I went no 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 no. I trust me. I've worked with kids. And they're at this level. You need to be at this level. They're, all of them were just so talented, so hardworking. And, um, yeah, they were, like, already professional. So, yeah, I mean, look, J Joe, uh, the boys hadn't acted really much. So, you know, but, I mean, Demi had done a bunch of acting. A lot of, a lot of the, like, Alison Stoner, she grew up on set. Um, uh, Megan Jet Martin, you know, all of the, the uh, Jasmine Richards, they were all really good actors. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they, they were just like top notch professionals. They were just little people. Yeah. Like the, the younger people. I remember, um, I remember the day that that, that that movie had premiered on, for me, it would have been Family Channel because I didn't have Disney Channel mm -hmm. all the time. And like, yeah. It was just huge. Like, I think honestly, the next week I had the CD and I was playing it in my room. Like, those yeah. movies like changed everything for Disney. <laughs> so, well, after so when was there? Sorry to interrupt, but was there like a premiere for you guys? Like, did you guys go to a specific premiere? Oh, you yeah, did. Yeah, Interesting yeah. for a Disney yeah. Channel movie. I'm surprised. Yeah, but okay. So, so let's backtrack on on the strategy. So, so Disney at the time. And has been for decades. Their core competency is marketing and distribution. Uh, they do good. They they do um, good uh, product. There's no doubt. But their genius is so they had put it in all the teeny bopper magazines. It was all over the Family Channel, ABC. 
ABC Family, Disney Channel. They had basically spent a year of marketing and telling all the young people, this is going to be the next thing. And so when it actually came out, it was the, it, you know, it still had to be good. And it was good. You know, I, th I think in its genre, it was fantastic. But <clears throat> that's what, gen that's the genius of Disney is, is basically programming the youth and saying, this is what you're going to like next. And mm -hmm. by the time it came out, everybody did. And it worked. And we also worked on the formula, like High School Musical. That that was a fluke, um, and they and they will admit that that, that you know they just made a movie of the week, and uh, all of, uh, was it the first one or the second one? I think the first one didn't do very well, but the second one, it kind of gained legs, and then they made the second, and it just blew up. And they went, oh, we're on a formula here, so let's do the next one, and then that's what the Camp Rocks were. And right. so they just followed the formula and boof, it blew up. Well, and High School Musical blew up so much that they were able to, the third one was a theatrical release. So yeah, the fact that they went from Disney, like that, that's, that's kind of unheard of, like having a, a third movie of a Disney Channel original movie be a theatrical release. You don't see that. No. Even now, like movie. almost that movie came out almost 20 years ago and you don't see that. Yeah. There, there was statistics. I, I, I do know this for sure that Camp Rock was the second most viewed television film of all time history with what? unique viewers. Yeah. We had 180 million unique viewers. Now, some of them watched it 10 or 15 times, but, but they only counted each, each person. 180 wow. million globally. And I think uh, Camp Rock 2 didn't do as well. I think it was only 120 million. Um, but the High School Musical two was the the number one number one, uh, number one and we were number yeah of all time history. I mean well, that's it's funny. it's funny that you mentioned about the marketing thing because I honestly I and I would have been when High School Musical two came out I would have been like I think eleven or something like that. But I remember the marketing for that like I remember almost probably every single commercial break of Family yes. Channel I was seeing a commercial about High School Musical two for like probably months. It yeah. started with the teasers and then actually gave you trailers and they said, Hey, next month, next week, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, they really are a marketing like mastermind. That's their core competency. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. So, so it did, it changed everybody's lives. I mean, uh, the Jonas brothers, it just cemented them. Uh, here's the claim to fame. I'm going to tell you this. Not a lot of people know this. Okay. Well, they do. So, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, I know has seen Camp Rock because his daughters were that age and he was doing an interview with Barbara Walters. Do you remember her? Yep. And, you know, with, with, with Michelle and the kids and, and the Jonas Brothers were, had just played at the White House and she said, oh, you know, the Jonas Brothers, what do you like? And he goes, oh, yeah, the girls made me watch Camp Rock. So that's no way. That's amazing. Hey, if if the president liked it, then then that's awesome. Right? I haven't met him yet, wow. but if, if 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 I ever get the chance to go, you know, Mr. President. Yeah, hey, you know, Camp Rock, right. Uncle Brown, that was me. You have seen my work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no denying it. So after one blew up, how quick was your word? Hey, we're gonna try to do a sequel. What do you say? Yeah, right away. Really? 
Yeah, once the ratings came in, it was like they, they, they had already planned it, to be honest with you. Oh, I really? I guess because the second one came out two summers after. So, like, you guys must have yeah. got to filming right away. Mm -hmm. You guys must have got to filming fairly quickly, no? Maybe like a year after? Yeah, it was about a year, uh, year, year 18 months. I do remember that when we did the, the, the final jam, it was a bit later in the year. Mm -hmm. And we went back to Toronto and up north in Ontario to shoot it. Um, but it was we 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 were doing the final scene, and it was actually snowing, and we were like in our, you know, supposed to be summer camp. <laughs> no way! So then, was it between takes? You guys were just like chucking on your jackets and stuff, chucking on the jackets, and then and, and chewing ice so our breath wouldn't, you know. I read that. Who told me that? Uh, I think I I can't remember. Someone told me that recently that that's what they do to make it look like so it's not cold outside. Yeah, huh. exactly. That's what you do. So then, doing the <clears throat> second one, then how different did that compare to the first one? Now that like the Jonas Brothers were who they were, Demi had Sonny with a chance. Was there any difference for you? Did you notice? Yeah, really. Yeah. So uh, first of all, everybody had become ridiculously famous globally. Um, uh, like even me, and I wasn't the Jonas Brothers or the like. Literally, I couldn't go. I could not pick my daughter up from high school anymore because I'd literally get mobbed and um, wherever I went. And I didn't have it anywhere near as, as bad as, uh, uh, as, as the Joe Bros and, and Demi. The, you know, they had to have entourages. So when we did Camp Rock 2, we, we literally, Demi and the Jonas Brothers had entourage. Don't forget, they also, their musical careers had really blown up as well as a result i think one sort of dovetailed and and, and bolstered the other mm -hmm. <clears throat> so yeah they were like, the jonas brothers were the biggest act in the world arguably at the time over a period of you know three four five years so they couldn't go anywhere so when we were in the in the camp rock disney bubble we were really well protected um like the, they had perimeter security five kilometers outside where we were filming because you'd have paparazzi trying to get in and fans and whatever. Um, but yeah, we, we were protected in the bubble of, of the, the entourage. Did you bring anything different to the second one for Brown? No, no, not really. Hopefully a bit more experience. And yeah, and uh, it was the, the, the expectations of it to be good were higher uh because the first one was so uh, so there was a lot more pressure i think yeah but it was still it was still pretty it was good I think. oh yeah no I, absolutely i was telling you earlier that i just rewatched the first and second one because i hadn't seen them in a while and it's just still it's still cool how just having you on here after watching those movies and being a fan of the movies when i was a kid so yeah no i, I, um, guess, I, I guess the major difference was is everybody had become very famous yeah uh so it was the vibe was a, a little different. Were there egos? Yeah, compared to the first one. Well, <clears throat> I would. I mean, you, to be honest, would you blame anybody for it for the way that people? No, I, to be honest with you, look, I I think it's well publicized that De Demi had uh, some some things going on. You know, uh, whether it's addiction and mental health, and I'm not judging her at all. Mm -hmm. uh, shit happens to a lot of people. And um, she had a lot of pressure. And um, so, but uh, I think she did the best that she could with what she had to work with at the time. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, she still brought it, and you know, she had issues. Uh, bless her, and and I feel as though, I mean, I haven't really spoken to her recently, so but yeah, I can I can empathize with what she went through. It was it's a lot of it's a it's a lot of pressure, all that, especially for young people. You know, yeah, even I, for I, the old people, uh, older people, it's tough. But and 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 the kids are literally pulled from here to there, and they're not getting enough sleep, and they're not, you know, their well-being. Yeah, it can it can if you don't have the right people around you and you don't have the the, the right balance. It, I guess the ego can it can get to you, uh, and even I. Um, not that I'm anywhere near as uh, successful or famous as them, but the this industry, when you get to a certain level, does treat you like a, a little bit of a demigod, and it's really the thing you have to worry not, uh, ward against is actually believing your own press and 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 to try to stay grounded. I think. Well, yeah, you got to make sure the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too low, right? And that is mm. so difficult to do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's it's doable. I try I, right. I try to just stay grounded. I'm just a regular guy who you just happen to see me go to work. That's right. It. Absolutely. And you'd mentioned about um about them at the time and how much pressure it was on them. Like for the second Camp Rock for Demi, she was doing she was doing other Disney Channel movies, like she was doing Princess mm -hmm. Protected Protection Program. She was doing Sunny with a Chance. She was doing music at the same time. Like I could never imagine the pressure and like, yeah, again, same with the Jones brothers. Like they're just so young and all this pressure. Yeah. That must've been insane. Yeah. Which, uh, which one did you have more fun filming one or two? I think the, I, I I don't it's, think tough. it's a tough question. I know. I don't think you can compare. They were both awesome for different reasons, but I think the first one holds a place in my heart because it was, you know, the start of something pretty tremendous. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. All right, well, Daniel, I'm going to let you go soon. But before I do, please, I'm going to give you the floor to promote anything you'd like, your social medias, what you're working on, things you have coming out anytime soon. The floor is yours. Okay, all right. Well, uh, my Instagram, I just started it again. Uh, so he follows desperately. <laughs> Nobody wants to follow an old geezer. Uh, it's just my name at Daniel Fathers. Um, I'm doing... Uh, I just finished uh, filming the first season of a, a new Arturian uh, fantasy called The Pendragon Cycle, which is going to be really very, very cool. Um, and uh, did a couple of episodes of House of the Dragon. I saw it, see, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm looking forward to that coming out. I think it comes out in the in the summer. And then what else did I do? Um, the Witcher Blood Origin. That's on Netflix. So yeah, I've been busy. Amazing, amazing. amazing. You never stop. <laughs> Eventually, I will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. You'll you'll retire when you're dead. Yeah. Well, the the, the good thing about this is it, there isn't a you know forced retirement. The the is the forced retirement is when they don't want to hire you anymore. And true. And I love what I do. Right. You know. I really do, and and it's a journey, and hopefully it keep getting better. And now I'm sort of I'm working with up and coming actors too, which I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, I'm starting to write and and direct and produce a little bit. 
just short films, but uh, that really interests me. Absolutely. I just love it's cinematic. Everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that's no, that, that's amazing. Well, yeah, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on here. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it. I'm sure I know you've had a long, long day. So yeah, go to bed. you got to be up early. So, so get to bed and uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, keep in touch. Absolutely. Thanks, Daniel. I'll talk to you. And that was the Quaid Bar Show.